Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Amazing how good you feel when you get a little sunburn on your face. Finally, spring might be here. That means we're going to talk a whole bunch of spring sports, including... Baseball. Welcome into Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. We do this each and every day right here on 1029 as well as SWX Montana Television around the great state of Montana. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, is joining me. As is Matt Ellis here in just about a moment. Just saw Matt Ellis walking. He's vice president of the Missoula Paddleheads. So we're going to talk all things baseball. We're going to talk the national championship game from last night. And uh, we also have a whole bunch of other stuff to get to as well. Tori Martell will join us about 4.30. She's from Montana State. She uh, just wrapped up her career with the Bobcats, the only senior on the Montana State Bobcats. And she had an awesome opportunity last week to go to the NCAA Final Four in Indianapolis and uh, participate in the women's three-point shooting contest. She didn't just participate. She won it. So this will be very fun to catch up with Tori about what that experience was like. Of course, it's a Tuesday, so that means it's a Tagliari Tuesday. We have a $25 gift card for you from Tagliari Delicatessen. We also have a Tagliari sandwich that we get to sample as well. Top of the hour, we're going to be joined by Justin Angle. It's a business angle. We do this every other Tuesday. We're playing a little catch-up these days because we were gone for a couple Tuesdays in a row. So we actually featured Justin on the show last week, and this week uh, we'll have another conversation, the overlay of business and sports. And then 5.30, this is another cool connection to the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Arizona played for the championship against uh, Stanford over the weekend on Sunday. But Arizona coached by Adia Barnes. Adia Barnes was a great player at Arizona and then played professionally 
for more than a decade, both in the WNBA and overseas. Well, she's married to Salvo Copa. Salvo Copa used to be Riley Corcoran's roommate during his time <laughs> as the voice of the Montana State women's basketball team. So we'll welcome Salvo in as well, catch up with him, see what it's like to be married to uh, definitely one of the rising stars in the women's basketball coaching business, I mean, right? no question about it. And even with this run now, the rise of Arizona basketball, from when Adia Barnes got there, they were 6-24 and and the worst team in the Pac-12 to being one point away from a national champion. So Salvo's just one of my favorite people in the world. I'm uh, excited to have him on and we'll share some fun stories maybe about his, the heater having to be at 90 degrees when we were in Grand Forks, North Dakota. So there's some laughs there, but it's crazy. Basketball, it's in the rearview mirror, man. We're talking Masters Week and baseball, and I love that to start the show. And Grizz football, right. too. So we, we you're prepping for a game for the yeah. first time. How's it going? You haven't prepped for a real football game in like more than a year, right? I'll, I'll admit it's all the excitement, right? Because this, all is right in the world, and I think you guys both can relate to this. I, the late night grind of prep is what's going on for me every day this week, but I'm also having my Dodge on and all sorts of baseball on wildlife prep. So I am so looking forward to when this show is over from six o'clock till about one, two in the morning, watching baseball and doing prep. It'll be awesome. You're in heaven. This I is, know. This I is, am. This is your wheelhouse. Yep. Well, Matt Ellis is here from the Missoula Palettes. Matt, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, we appreciate thanks, guys. it. Look forward to it. Let's uh, let's talk first before we get into all the baseball. Last night, I think that we were all kind of, as a people that live in the Northwest United States, everybody was kind of rooting for Gonzaga because we haven't had a champion from the Northwest, I mean, in my lifetime, never. And so everybody was kind of thinking, well, this could be the shot, and they were the favorites, and... uh, it was just a dud of a game, man. Baylor just boat raced them. They were up 9 nothing by the first timeout, and they pushed it to 20 by the under-12 timeout in the first half, and Baylor never really, Gonzaga never really had a shot. It was pretty sad in the sense where I think if you're rooting for Gonzaga, you tried to talk yourself into, okay, maybe they're making a comeback. But then you took a step back when the game was over and look at it in totality. They were out of the, out of it from the very beginning. And I think it was more about Baylor. Did Gonzaga run out of gas? Yeah, probably a little bit. Does it delegitimize their season? No. They still had a great run. They just ran into a really well-oiled machine. And I think it was really just more about Baylor and, and very fitting that I think in the most unique college basketball season we'll ever have, that it might be one of the best turnaround and comeback stories is the champion in Baylor, a team that was pretty much on the death penalty a couple years ago. So to see it, uh, I thought it was impressive. But obviously, Sad for the Zags and all of us have that Northwest tie. Yeah, Suggs getting in foul trouble right out of the shoot really put them behind the eight ball. You know, they only got seven points from their bench. I mean, uh, the starting five had a hard time getting open shots. The Baylor defense was, you know, it, it just took the whole half court away. It was pretty impressive. That's what I was told Riley when we were driving over here was that on paper, you would think this was a huge upset because Baylor was you know, five-point dogs coming into the game. The line moved actually in Baylor's, Baylor's favor closer to the game. But still, after watching the game, though, Baylor was the more athletic, more physically dominant team. I mean, it was not an upset. Baylor took them to the woodshed. They, absolutely. And I think the people that follow college basketball all year, before Baylor went on their COVID pause, it was really 1A and 1B. For sure. and, and once Baylor went on the COVID pause, they came back. They didn't look like themselves. We didn't know if they ever would look like themselves. And obviously, we saw the best version of Baylor last night. So uh, just, a, again, a great run. And I, I think to Matt's point, no doubt, the physicality of the defense, that's something that not many teams can provide, but certainly Gonzaga's competition in the West Coast Conference, they didn't see anything like that all year. Well, especially with Gonzaga's um, reputation offensively all year, um, the fact that they shut him down on all points of the half court was amazing. It was a really good effort. 
Super good. I mean, Baylor plays just they, – they play their butts off on defense, and I think that was the, the number one message. I mean, they just got Gonzaga overextended. Gonzaga couldn't get any, any sets. So it was disappointing for all of us in the Northwest, but it was a great story for Baylor because they've had a lot happen at that university, most of it not positive over the last no. 20 years, and they've really uh, built that thing back up to then win their first national championship in school history. So pretty impressive. It is Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana. Let's talk some baseball. We haven't had Riley on the show since opening day. Riley had to sit here and listen to all Sean Rainey's <laughs> baseball previews, and I think he was loving it, except for the NL West one, where Rainey was proclaiming that the uh, San Diego Padres are going to pull the upset of the no. century and win the division no. instead of the... Uh, well, that took a hit last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah No quitting. And that's where we, and that's where we <laughs> yeah. have to start, we, because it is, it's incredibly unfortunate. But Fernando Tatis Jr. has... Um, played very limited amount of baseball in the major league ranks. He is an unbelievable, I mean, a generational talent, but he can't stay healthy. And he, last night, it looks like he separates his shoulder on a swing and miss, and he's out for a while. So, I mean, this this impacts, it, it sucks for baseball because this kid, I mean, he, this kid is a great, I mean, he's a very marketable star. So even if you like the Potters, hate the Potters, it's just not good for the game because he's he has a chance to be a superstar. Absolutely, and especially someone that's a team of the opposition and, and the immediate rival in the Dodgers, you don't like seeing this, and especially you don't want to to win when, when a team is down and all of those factors that go into sports. It, it, it stinks for baseball because I think, and especially I think we can kind of correlate this to Gonzaga with getting more West Coast relevance. This Padres-Dodgers rivalry that is brewing, I think, is catching the attention of people that maybe live in New York or or Atlanta that might actually stay up late to watch this. So, And they play six times this month. So that would have been a big start. And I'm just looking at it from a big picture for baseball, Matt. And I know that you appreciate the business sense side of things, too, where trying to get that attention over here. And it just stinks when a star like this goes down for sure. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think think the Padres are still a playoff team. I don't think there's any doubt about that. especially with the rest of the West being so weak. but um, And they've got this young kid, Abrams, in the minor leagues who, you know, maybe they give him a midseason call-up and he fills the void a little bit because it looks like uh, Tatis might be out for the year, but we'll see. I haven't heard the results. I checked it out earlier, and uh, they hadn't uh, announced it yet. But um, there is a chance he could play through it, but it risks long-term damage and that kind of stuff. So I don't see that happening. But they have some tools in the minor leagues that might come up in uh, in Abrams, and he, he had a great spring, so he's not far from being ready. So they, they have some stop gaps that they can bring up, um, but it's uh, it's definitely a blow, and it is hurt. It does hurt the game. You're right. It's star power, twenty two year old star that's. Just, uh, it's unfortunate. But fortunately, it's, he's going to recover from it. And you know experience from this, Matt, too, and you can kind of take us behind the curtain, that from a, an organizational standpoint, when your star at the top goes down, does it create that trickle-down effect? And maybe how much panic is going on, even at the levels of double-A, single-A, of, okay, we need to reshuffle and kind of rethink some things. Yeah, it's, it's going to... You know, it makes everybody squeeze about a little tighter because they want to, you know, pick up the slack. You know, the, you know, I think where he's going to hurt them the most is defensively. I think their lineup is yeah. pretty solid all the way through, um, but I think defensively, his the biggest gap. I mean, he's such a stud at shortstop on the defensive end, saves them a lot of runs. I think they're going to see that that hurt them a little more, especially with the pitching staff they have that they get a lot of ground balls. 
We are, I, I forgot to say to tell people this. This is not a one-time thing. What we're doing right now. This is, by the way, yeah. we teased it for the last two weeks. But this is our Tuesday baseball segment now. So Matt Ellis, uh, Vice President of the Missoula Pilots, will be swinging by each and every That's Tuesday, awesome. and we'll be talking Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball and everything in between. Maybe even throwing some Legion Baseball because I know people around here really Definitely. care about that as well. But we will be doing this each and every Tuesday. So Matt, let's talk about that element of things. What's new with the Pallas? Because we, you and I have talked you know, off the record about right. this stuff, but this has must have been a, one of the most exciting this time of year, of your 20-plus years doing this, right? I mean, this is a whole new experience, right? Yeah, the fact that we're uh, actually in the player development business is, I mean, we've always been in the player development business, but we're actually in charge of uh, who's playing for us. Uh, we used to rely on the Diamondbacks for that, and that's no longer the relationship. Um, and it's been a it's been a blast. I mean, we we just made another trade yesterday, and so we're you know we're we're wheeling and dealing. We're put we've got a 26 man roster at this point. Uh, we're going to invite 35 guys to spring training in May 14th, and um, 25 are going to make our squad. And uh, I like our team. I think our well, I, I'm pretty confident our team's the best in the league at this point. So I'm pretty excited about that. I, I love it. We met last week, <laughs> and, and the one word I was telling Coulter afterward, it, it looks like Matt's having a ton of fun. Just the rejuvenation behind all of this. So uh, again, maybe in the transition, Matt, once you finally found out that this was going to be the route, what were some of those big transition points? Or what was it like to, to finally go, okay, we actually have more control of this thing, and it's pretty darn fun. Take us through the transition well, part of you it. Know, when, we, uh, when we decided to do this as a league, and we worked out a deal with Major League Baseball as a partner league, you know, the first two months was strictly just figuring out what our rules are going to be. I mean, you know, how are we going to be operate as a league? What's our salary cap situation? What's our roster sizes? You know, how is that all going to work? Um, and so we spent a good two months on rules. I mean, I, it's it was kind of grueling, but it was it was it was fun in the sense that we were we're starting a league from scratch in a sense, right? And uh, you know, we're going to have an extra inning thing where we don't have extra innings. We're going to play nine innings, and if we're tied, we're going to have a home run derby. This so sweet. That is awesome. We're going to have five pitches. And if, you know, whoever hits the most home runs on those five pitches, coach pitch to your own team, you win. So, I mean, those are the kind of things we can do that you can't do in affiliated ball. Our team's going to be a little older than they've been in the past, which is, I think, good for our fans. Our fans have in the past been frustrated when we got the young 18-year-old who makes the air um, more often than the, the 22-year-old or 24-year-old. But, you know... Um, you know, we got Zach Allman coming back as one of our star pieces uh, from 2018. He was a Triple Crown candidate, made the All-Star team, 13 bombs, 350 average. So, I mean, we're uh, we're having fun, and we also know how important it is for Missoula to win. You know that that Grizz Nation, you know, mindset, and uh, so we want to win just as bad. So we're. We're uh, we're talking a lot of crap to the rest of the league. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> that is the probably the biggest difference, though, right? I mean, we had George Horton on the show here a couple weeks back, and he was talking about exactly that, how he wasn't really interested in being involved in minor league baseball if it was just about uh, the development of players. Not that he didn't like that part, but he wanted to be involved in an organization that was trying to win. And I think that's one thing that uh, handcuffed is the wrong word, but you, you guys were beholden to trying to make the talent because as good as they could possibly become in the Diamondback system. And sometimes then that influenced the way the uh, manager manages a game or the yeah. way, you know, just different things like that. 
The, the best example I give was Cargo, you know, Carlos Gonzalez. Cargo played for the Rockies for a number of years, uh, uh, finished in the MVP voting second twice, um, perennial all-star, gold glove guy. You know, he played for us. A lot of people don't know that. But he played for us at that 17-year-old, and he hit 220 and he hit seven home runs. He didn't have a great year. But you, when you watched him, you knew he was special because every once in a while he'd do something, you know, that nobody else in the field could do that day, whether it was throwing a ball from the wall and throwing a guy out at home plate, whatever it was, a bomb that went, you know, way over the fence and 450 feet. Uh, you always you saw something that made you think, but he also was mistake prone. He didn't know how to hit a curveball at that point in his career. And then he ended up in the big leagues. But we didn't see him at his best, is my point. And so I think one of the things you're gonna, the fans are going to like is we're going to see players a little bit closer to their best uh, at this level because we are moving up a little bit in terms of age and experience level. And just the, the will to win every single day. I just think that fans are going to be able to rally around that a lot more, especially late season. August, September be a good, good precursor to Grizz football, right? Some pennant races kind of going on in, in late August. There's plenty of news that we're going to get to, Matt. I mean, your promotional calendar just came out the capacity well we'll talk about that here in a second but i want to go to the experience that you've yeah. put there in some of your important pieces in the front office not only george horton who we just talked about but your manager now michael schlacht i believe a 16 year veteran but how important was it to especially as you guys kind of go on a new frontier here to have so much experience and a wealth of knowledge and again you add yourself into the mix and everyone that's a lot of experience and a lot of great baseball minds how important was it and how big of a get is it to have the two the the we just mentioned it in your front office. Well, we took a month to pick our manager, so that's how important it was. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we really touched bases with everybody we knew in the business, you know, um, you know, people that we've worked with, uh, people we respect, different uh, major league organizations. And, and we ended up with three finalists that were amazing. Um, Michael's just rose above all of them, mainly because of his, uh, his, his enthusiasm, his, his desire to win, his competitiveness. Um, he's a, a pitching coach from um, uh, his background, a pitching guy. He was a third-round pick as a pitcher from the Rangers. He's played professionally uh, both in the minor league system but also in the independent system, and he managed in, in, in independent ball and was very successful. So, um, you know, he has the contacts, and uh, we've seen that work in our favor. I mean, I think um, I think we have ten more players than anybody else in the league because we've been working the phones. And he works hard. He's he's and he's going to be a person that supports us on our off the field stuff, our promotional stuff in house. You know, we we're going to do some stuff as an independent team that we've never been able to do. Our players are going to dance. They're going to be a part of our show. I mean, we're going to have a lot of fun. The ballpark's just going to be a fun place to be, and he supports that that initiative. Duana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana. Matt Ellis from the Missoula Paddleheads joining myself, Coulter Nuanas, and Riley Corcoran. We're going to be doing this each and every Tuesday all the way until September. This is going to be a lot of fun. And Matt, tell people just about the, the specific rules, what defines this style of independent league because there's independent leagues in a lot of different areas. You guys have had guys that have played indie ball before that played previously for the Osprey and stuff, but this is not necessarily one where we're going to see a 47-year-old Ricky Henderson stealing bases on a Tuesday night, right? (laughs) No, we can't. I already tried. Uh, It didn't work out. Uh, No, we have a three-year limit on professional baseball experience. Now, somebody will look at Zach Allman's baseball reference page and say, well, hey, he's played five years in pro ball. Well, we have uh, benchmarks you have to reach for a certain amount of playing time in each season in order to qualify as a season. So Zach had two seasons where he didn't play enough games to qualify, so he fits perfect for us. Um, so that's our that's our 
rule. We're, you're going to have some guys that are just, um, you know, we're coming out of COVID. So we still have uh, draft casualties from last year that, you know, college guys that were would have been drafted in the top 20 rounds but didn't get drafted because the rounds got reduced to five. So we've got a couple of, of college guys that we think would have been drafted in the top 10 um, and uh, that we're, they're going to get their first professional shot. So we got those guys. We got the guys like Zach who, who got released because of the contraction in, in Major League Baseball in their minor leagues and the Diamondbacks released him and we jumped on it and he's going to you know have a chance to get his career back on track with an affiliated team if he has a great year and we are, we're confident he's going to do that. We've already had a player from our roster signed by the Marlins last week so we haven't even started yet and we've already <laughs> lost a player to the big leagues for uh, for their minor league system so we're working with them on that uh, issue because uh, um, we're working on how that's going to work out but it's it's you know we're 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 doing it right. I'm pretty confident about how this is coming around. How does that part work? Uh, when the Marlins come and they say, "Okay, we want to sign this guy. We want to put him in Double A or Triple A or whatever," is it a negotiation? Can you guys say no, or how does it well, work? I'm kind of chasing them right now, to be honest with you. They, they technically owe us compensation of some sort, so <laughs> right, we're working right. on that. So, okay. but, that, but they have to give you a player or something. It's right? the first time that's happened. Well, they probably won't give us a player. It's probably. They're probably going to give us some kind of a cash payment, or sure. maybe it's a cash consideration. Maybe we'll get a bunch of, of BP balls. I don't know what we're <laughs> going to get, but uh, I'm working on that part of it. And I, I there's uh, specific, you know, the Atlantic League. Some of the established independent leagues already have basically a, a an agreement as to what that compensation is and how it works. And so we're still we're the first team to lose a player mm-hmm. to them. So we're kind of the the guinea pig for our league to figure it out. And so we're trying to just do what the Atlantic League does. I truly think that's an exciting aspect of this, if, of how new and how unique that we're going to have a circumstance where we truly don't know the answer. Right. What are you getting back? <laughs> I, I don't know yet. So it'll be fun to, to go through this journey with you guys as well. Talk with Matt, Al- Matt Ellis, Vice President of the Paddleheads, of course. And, and Matt, obviously everyone's wondering about capacity and, right. and just, okay, when are fans going to be allowed in the ballpark? How many? Just, just kind of take us through your plan. I know you guys announced it and, and Everyone's yeah. curious because I think everyone's got that itch now to get back and to jump in the fold, but obviously we're going to do it safely. So take us through your guys' plan and when you're going to reevaluate all of that. Well, we've had a great relationship with the health department. We think they've done an amazing job through this. Uh, last year, you know, we worked with them to have these events like movie nights and stuff and do them in a safe way. So we've kind of taken what we learned from last year and applied it to this year. And we realized that, you know, it's starting to open up more. We're all getting our, our uh, vaccines done and, um, you know, the community at large could be vaccinated by the time, you know, our season starts, definitely by the time our season ends. So um, we've been working with them and we decided that we were going to, we made a decision within our own office as a staff that we were going to um, limit capacity to 50%, which is still a healthy number for us. It's 2,000 people, 2,000 tickets. And um, we feel that's a safe way to to start the season. It's a 30-day commitment. We're going to reevaluate it mid-June. Um, our goal is to be at full capacity by J- uh, July 1st. Um, um, but, you know, that's, that's not all in our control. It's about how this all works out. But, you know, we also realize that not everybody will be comfortable coming to a venue like ours. So let's make it as safe for everybody and as comfortable for everybody because we want 
we want the community at large to be there. It'll maybe create some demand on tickets. You know, we'll get some excitement. Um, the bottom line is, is um, uh, it's the right thing to do, and that's why we're doing it. And a key point, too, in the season, I like the reevaluation day because you have 12 home games before then, and that's before a big, right. big nine-game homestand. So hopefully, again, as everything stays on schedule, that will be a pivotal point in the season. Yeah, and it doesn't, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't crush us as a business. It's a, it's a good number, um, uh, and it's... Uh, uh, like I said, it's the right thing to do. Anything else fun or cool that you guys got in the world? Well, if you're driving around downtown right now, you might f- see a moose run around in his underwear. That's, <laughs> that's, our, that's interesting. That's our mascot unveiled today. So uh, we have a mascot that's going to be unveiled, and he's actually being unveiled as we speak. So if you're downtown and you're driving around, if you see a moose just running around, that's our guy. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, Matt, I, w- I was going through the website today, and what a perfect day to announce the promotions calendar, 406 day, of course. And, and I'm just kind of digesting. Testing it myself, looking at it, my first reaction is there's a lot of fun promotions here. I, I'm still scrolling down the list and I haven't gotten to the end, which is a great sign. You guys have so much fun things yeah. planned. Maybe give us some highlights or, or what the Cliff Notes version, as we also direct people, make sure you go to gopaddleheads.com to check out the full yeah, calendar. Yeah, it's um, our goal is to have something different every night, something fun in addition to the baseball. I mean, the baseball is a great product, it sells itself. But, you know, we realize that uh, minor league baseball, we're, just because we are no longer in the official affiliated realm, we're still a minor league baseball team. And we're still, we still hold those, um, those values very important. And that's that the entertainment is the number one, you know. Uh, we always had to do the entertainment because we didn't control our players and we didn't know if we were going to win or lose any night. You know, we always assumed we were going to lose eight to nothing because <laughs> we had no control. And so we had, if we could make people happy as they left the ballpark at an eight nothing loss, we did our job, right? Well, now we have, now we should win eight to nothing and have a great show. <laughs> right. So that's what we're working on. You know, free beer night is a new concept we're going to do. And uh, we just, you know, we got the, uh, we're bringing back the indigenous celebration. That's going to become a three-day celebration. Uh, you know, we've got uh, giveaways. We're going to do a bobblehead with uh, uh, with, uh, with our uh, float logo. I mean, we just got a lot of great stuff, so we're pretty excited. What's these next couple weeks hold? I mean, when, when do players start reporting? Are guys already in town? Uh, or teams will report on May 14th. What we're working on right now is um, we're getting them all vaccinated wherever they live so that they're vaccinated when they get here, and that's going well. Um, and uh, we're just getting ready for a spring training week. So they'll report on May 14th. We'll have some uh, exhibition games for the crowd to come out and watch nice. on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday of that following week. Wednesday is going to be an exhibition game against the Great Falls Voyagers uh, at 7 o'clock. It's going to be a full dress rehearsal for our staff and our facility. And we're going to do a uh, community aspect. It's going to be a fundraiser for a nonprofit, which we can announce at a later show. Uh, so we're going to do some fun stuff there. And, um, and so it's uh, going to be a great week. Saturday, May 22nd is opening, opening night day. against Great Falls. And it kind of just leads me to it. What's the, the partnership been like with other teams or just the communication? Is you guys all kind of jump into this new venture together? And especially as we get closer to opening day, how has the communication been like? And how important is it to have everyone on the same page moving forward? Well, our league landed on their feet because our league stuck together through the entire negotiation of what was going on. And um, we've got a quality league that's been together for a long time. The majority of our operators, like myself, have been in this league for uh, there's about four of us have been in this league over 20 years so I mean we we, we're a pretty tight group. Um, we share a lot of information. We're doing a lot of uh, league-wide initiatives like sh- live streaming of our games for free to the fans, you know, that kind of stuff. So we're, um, 
uh, it's been a great collaborative process, and it's actually been a lot of fun to work amongst my peers uh, who who I respect a lot on on all this stuff. It's it's made the uh, process a lot uh, you know enjoyable and and uh, rewarding at the same time. New Orleans now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana. Matt Ellis from Missoula Paddleheads joining us like he will each and every Tuesday. We'll do this sometime in the 4 o'clock hour, each and every Tuesday, from here all the way through the end of baseball season. All things baseball all the time here on New Orleans now. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, also joining us today. Let's go a little rapid fire, guys. We've got to get you guys on the record, too, with your picks. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're going to go division by division, just off the top of your head. Don't need to take too long to think about it. Division winners. We'll start with Riley's, I already know Riley's answer, the National League West. We're going with the Dodgers. I think Padres maybe within like eight games. <laughs> I, got, okay. I got the Dodgers as well. Yeah, the Dodgers. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's the Dodgers. Good. The National League Central. This is a weird one. I'll go Cardinals. I think the Cardinals have invested in And just because there's no one, maybe the Reds, but no one behind him, I think they can make a push. I'll go Cardinals. Yeah. I worry about the Reds' defense, especially with uh, what they're doing at short. Um, I think that's a key position. I, I think uh, the Cardinals just really did well, and I, I expect Flaherty to bounce back. So I think their rotation is going to be stronger. I'm going Kristen Yelich, comeback oh, player of the year. Man. I'm going with the Brew Crew. <laughs> Got to have some pitching, man. American League, or excuse me. He's Nat- trying to make Becky happy. That's, that's exactly that's, right. That's, that's exactly a great right. Exactly right. Our boss yeah. is listening. Uh-huh. I have to. If, if none of us pick up a Wisconsin team, we're all getting fired. <laughs> we're all fired. No kidding. Uh, National League East. I think this National League East might be the most compelling division, in the well, certainly in the National League and maybe in baseball. I like the Mets. I'm going to jump in and just say the Mets. I, I, I think they're being underestimated, and uh, I don't – I. The Braves don't give me a good vibe right now. Hmm. I, I like that pick. It's close to me to overtaking him, but Syndergaard being out for most of the year. If he comes back and is healthy, I like Matt's pick. I'm still going to go with the Braves over a 162-game season to just nudge him, but I like the Mets in the playoffs. They got the Atlanta Braves okay. as well. Okay. If you judge it off the first week, the Phillies would be the pick. Yeah, not right. I mean, right. They, they look pretty good. Yes, they the, do. The AL East is stacked. Or, excuse me, the AL East, East is stacked. They, they, there's a lot of good teams that can make a run for sure. Okay, let's go to the American League East. I'm going to throw it up a little bit. I'm going Toronto Blue Jays. Wow. I'm going to take a big stand. Okay. I think they can do it. They've got that young core. And I, same thing with the Yankees. I don't quite get the vibe. It's a lot of pro, but like, I, I guess projects with Talion coming right. back. Is he going to be healthy? Do you really trust Montgomery as a four? I, I don't know. I, I'm going to take a risk here and go with the Blue Jays. See, I love Montgomery. I actually was telling somebody <laughs> Well, he was good today. last night or two nights He's going to be the surprise. In the, you know, he's a year and a half away from the surgery. This is when they start to get their stuff back. Uh, I, I think the Yankees are the pick. I think their rotation's the best in that division. I think the Blue Jays, I see, I, I have the same issues with the Blue Jays that you have with the Yankees with like Stripling. Is, you know, he's been awful since spring. I and I, I mean, is he really going to be a solid four? So um, I'm going to say Yankees. I'm going with the Yankees. It makes me want to puke. And how about, know, so and how about nobody the picking the team that won the AL last year in the race? No kidding. Yeah. yeah they, that might have been lightning in a bottle. Though. I, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they, they, they got to the World Series on a, during a 60-game season. I don't know if you can have that low of a and get there in 162 Although games. Although if you saw a Rosarina's catch yesterday. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Ever. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, was an amazing so catch. Oh, great. For sure. Okay. The American League West. 
I'm going Angels. I'm going to take a wow. leap on this. Okay. I, I've said it for you. Southern they, California. I, I know. Yeah. I'm going there. I, I would love to see a freeway series for sure. But I, I, they need another pitcher. They just maybe need someone that we're not expecting to be good, kind of solidify. Is Bundy going to be an ace? Or can they have like a canning come in play and actually be a solid number two or three? Will they make a trade? I think they've invested enough that if they're close, they will go get a pitcher. So I'll go take a leap. You know I'm not picking the Astros with what they did to the Dodgers. Never. So I'm going to go with the Angels. You know, I'm an A's fan growing up, and uh, but Ooh. after watching the Astros destroy them over four games, the Astros lineup is uh, underestimated. Springer, they yeah. lost him, but Alvarez coming back fills that void in more, in my opinion. Maybe it doesn't help them on the defensive end, but Straw's pretty decent out in center field. Um, they got a young rotation. Um, I, I'm going to say Astros. I hate to say it. I mean, this is kind of making me sick to my stomach. Dodgers, Yankees, Astros. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's... I think they're the best team. I agree with you. I think the Astros are underrated. I'm going with the Astros. Okay, American League Central, are you buying the Chai Sox hype? Because I'm not. I would love to, but I'm going to go with the Twins. I, I still think okay. the Twinkies can get it done. It'll actually be a fun race because I'll admit that division's been kind of boring the last couple of years. I think that it could be a fun race between the Twins and the Sox. I'm going to make a sentimental pick. You know, we lost Mike Bell, the bench coach of the Twins, last week and uh, was a good friend of our organization, was our farm director for a lot of years. And uh, I think he left an imprint there. And I think uh, I'm going to say the Twins as well for that reason. Good pick. Cleveland Indians. Of course. You wear that ugly (laughs) old hat. I know. I I have to. I mean. It's the la- if they just continue to just get rid of all their best players, it's the last year that they're going to have any good players left. If the Indians win with giving away Lindor, I mean, I mean come on. Yeah, I, I, was, was this about the first pick in the draft next year? <laughs> yes, yeah. No kidding. I mostly, I mostly here, here's where I'm at with the White Sox. I would rather see the Yankees win the World Series than the White Sox. That's where I'm at with the White Sox. So I, I just, I, I think the White Sox are good, but I cannot, I cannot pick that on live radio. Matt, this is awesome. We'll see you next great. week. Yep, this appreciate this it, is a lot of fun as always. Always, and uh, we'll look forward to more baseball throughout the entire summer. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. We got to get out. Tori Martell, she's a national champion in the three point contest last week at the Final Four. She'll join us right after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual, but it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Welcome back. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're having a delightful Tuesday. It's a beautiful day here on the western side of the Continental Divide in Montana. I imagine it's beautiful everywhere else, but I did see this morning, my brother sent me a picture from Bozeman that uh, got a little snow. It doesn't mean it's not necessarily sunny because it could be snowing in the morning and sunny in the afternoon. It is Montana after all. April in Montana is so weird because you, you literally don't know. I mean, this week's a perfect example. Thursday's supposed to rain and be dreary. Tomorrow's supposed to be like 65. So it's fun, though. I was out for a little bit of a walk today. Coulter getting some some fresh air. And uh, how many places where you can you walk around, blue sky, no clouds, perfect day, 
put snow on the top of the mountains. It's it's pretty darn unique. The only thing that was missing was a maybe a golf club in each one of our hands. It is Masters Week for those watching on SWX Montana. I've got my Masters stuff on because it's a special time of year, but also I can't really enjoy it as a diehard golf fan because there is Grizz football on the horizon. So it's a great problem to have, but let's not forget about the Masters coming up too. Nuana is now on 290 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas. We do this each and every day around the great state of Montana. And it's now time for something we do each and every Tuesday. It's our Treasure State Stars. I usually highlight a variety of athletes from around the great state of Montana on our Treasure State Stars. But today, we're just going to highlight one. And that one is Tori Martell, a senior at Montana State, about to be a graduate from Montana State, and recently crowned the three-point shooting national champion. Tori, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. We're always welcome to stop by, and it was an awesome time covering you and your team during your senior year this year. I thought that you guys had such a, a joyous team that had so much fun, and it was just awesome to watch you guys. But then you get to go out and cap it on the national stage. So just take us through what the experience was like. You head to Indianapolis. Tell us all the things you got to do before and during uh, leading up to the three-point shooting contest. Yeah, so I got there on Wednesday. They flew me out there. And then I got into Indianapolis. They had some people standing there with a sign with my name. It's kind of all <laughs> fancy. And it's pretty fun to just have that experience. And the first thing that I get there. And then we go to the hotel. We got COVID tested, obviously. And then um, that night, we went to the Hinkle Field House and had a shoot around for a long time. We were there from like 4.30 to like 9.30 p.m. So we got a lot of time there just to like kind of shoot around, get some shots up. And then we did like our ESPN pre-production interviews and then got back. And Thursday we had another um, shoot around in the morning and then kind of just waited around all day till I shot at nine. <laughs> well, whatever you did worked, Tori, because obviously a national champion now and just you obviously on social media, it was awesome to watch because the entire state and really the entire conference, I think I saw a lot of different teams reach out and kind of wrap their arms around you, the Bobcat program and just Big Sky Women's Basketball. What was it like to, to represent not only Montana State, but maybe just a lot more people that you didn't even realize and what was kind of the, the reaction or the, the flooding of support like when and you finally got to your phone after winning everything. Yeah, the love and support from everyone, just from my hometown to Bozeman to the whole state of Montana, and even the whole conference, yeah, it was amazing. It was kind of crazy. It was overwhelming just to, like, kind of have all the social media stuff pop up on my phone, but it was so much fun. Just, like, getting to do the experience in general and then all the support and love that came from it was just amazing. It's Treasure Shade Stars. We do this each Tuesday, highlighting great athletes from around the state of Montana. Church State Stars is brought to you by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union has the best mobile and online banking experience in Montana. Parkside Credit Union always investing in tech and always saying yes. Parkside Credit Union is the best place to get a loan anywhere in Montana. They love to say yes, so go check out Parkside Credit Union today. Tori Martell, Montana State Senior, joining us on Nuanas now. And you mentioned participating in a competition at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Riley and I were in Indianapolis for uh, four days of the NCAA tournament. We got to go watch what, Riley? Like five games, three games at Hinkle Fieldhouse. And, and I mean, what a place, first of all. What an awesome venue. The history is amazing. You can feel it. It's like almost haunted by ghosts, but good ghosts. I mean, the, the, the basketball ghosts for sure. But I mean, getting to actually perform on that court, that must have been pretty spectacular for you. 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That field house is really awesome. It was a cool historic place that I I really looked into the history before I went there because some people were telling me how great it was. And yeah, it was just a lot of fun to get to compete on that floor and just wear the Montana State jersey one last time there. Well, you certainly represented Montana State so well, Tori, being the national champion and going through what was a unique experience because obviously you played a ton of basketball games in your career, but this is a bit of a unique prep. Yes, you've shot a lot of three-pointers, but just the the format of it and taking it off of a rack and and being timed and going from one to the next. I want to ask you, when you found out that you were being selected to this, how did your prep process work and how did you start preparing for maybe the rounds and the timing and the money ball because you were money with the money ball and that was probably the difference (laughs) in you winning. So just take us through that aspect of it. Yeah, I trained a lot with my coach, Jeff. Um, He would kind of set it up. We would set up all the racks on our court and they'd have to wheel them around from place to place, shot all the balls while we were in between, but we made it work. We simulated it very well, and I practiced a ton the days leading up to. And I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely different pulling from a rack. It's always easy having a shot in your um, perfect spot to, like, shoot it. It's way easier to do that. But pulling off a rack is a little bit different for sure. It seemed like, though, once you started, it, 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 you started getting into a flow. I mean, did it get easier as the competition went along? Oh, yeah. I started off pretty nervous for the first round, and then every round got a little bit better. And by the end, I was, like, pretty locked in just on my shot and just getting in done with the um, – getting it in in time. One of the coolest aspects, I think, of watching these competitions, the, the skills competition or a dunk contest or three-point competitions, is just seeing – players and student athletes from around the country come together and it's so obvious in those where you have players that you don't even know or people that are just rooting for you what was it like just the camaraderie Tori with some of the other student athletes that you met not only uh, in the women's competition but the men's competition as well because that's always so fun to see strangers uh, kind of come together and uh, root for each other at the end of it all. Oh, yeah. I'd have to say that was probably the best part. Just none of us knowing each other coming in getting the talk for like one day and then we're all just so hyped and excited for each other that was definitely probably the funnest part like turning around after I'd shoot that last shot and everyone was just like hyping and jumping up for me and like like you said like none of them we didn't really know each other so just having that aspect of it was so much fun. If I would have told you when you committed to Montana State that your career journey would be as successful as it was and then to cap it off like this what is it like maybe reflecting now that I know it may still be fresh but uh, just the fact that all of it has kind of come to a close in such an awesome winning factor for you. So I guess just summing up your career, and if I would have told you that all this was possible when you committed to Bozeman uh, way back in the day now, it seems, Tori, uh, what would you have told me? (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I cannot believe I'm already a senior, honestly. That's the part that's shocking me the most. But overall, my experience at Montana State was amazing. You don't get an opportunity like I did very often, and just the support that Bozeman has been around our program has been amazing, and it's been a great journey and yeah like you said to cap it off uh, with that tournament was just so much fun did you get a chance to watch any of the games afterwards did you guys stick around and watch any of the men's tournament no unfortunately we didn't get to go to the games i wish i really wanted to yeah that that would have been that would have been the ultimate cherry on top right well 
Tori, we'll get, we'll get you out of here on this. Your guys' roster dynamic this year was fascinating because you went from being the oldest team in the league by a long shot with five seniors leading it on to an all-time great run that unfortunately didn't get to get capped in the fashion that I think everybody around the state of Montana wanted it to get capped in. But you rallied back and had a great year this last year as the lone senior on the squad. So just give us a preview for what you think the future is for Montana State because it seems like the future is pretty darn bright in Bozeman. Oh, yeah, it for sure is. I mean, we were one of the youngest teams in the nation this year, and they're going to keep growing together and keep working together, and I'm just excited to see where Coach Ben leads them because I think the potential is, um, there's the potential is, and especially with uh, core seniors like you as well, Tori, Col- Coulter said we'll get you out of here on this. I got to ask one more because you've been so <laughs> successful off the court as well. So uh, just remind everyone, uh, what's the plan next for Tori Martell? Uh, you've been successful at every step of your career so far. So what's next now for you as you uh, journey on from Montana State? Yeah, so I'm graduating in a month, and then I'm going to head back home to Wisconsin, live at home for the summer, and look for some nursing jobs in Minneapolis. Well, I think that you will uh, have no problem finding yourself a good job. But, Tori, <laughs> we appreciate you joining us today. Best of luck with everything in your future. It's been a real pleasure covering you, and uh, best of luck with everything. But thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Treasure State Stars featuring Tori Martell from the Montana State women's basketball team, the national three-point shooting contest so cool. champion. Super so cool. cool, man. It's the best marketing money can buy. If, Mont- if people don't understand that, I mean, that's like a million-dollar marketing campaign to, yes. have, to have this to have one of your star players on national TV. And then especially because Tori's so uh, gracious and, and good at marketing the program, too, without even having intentionally marketing it, right? I mean, she's just a great representative of what student-athletes should be, and uh, she has a bright future ahead of us or ahead of her Trojan All-Stars brought to us by Parkside Credit Union Parkside Credit Union has so many perks from free rewards checking accounts with cash back high dividend rates and ATM fee refunds all types of mortgages are offered great rates on auto and recreational vehicle loans low rates on uh, credit cards say yes at savings at Parkside Credit Union they have the best mobile and online banking experience in Montana so give Parkside Credit Union a chance today we're giving you some Free sandwiches after this, Tagliari Tuesday. And some breaking news. Uh, some breaking news. We're also talking some Grizz football as well. Stick it right here. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 billion. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. For as much of a uh, calamity that the NCAA transfer portal is, 
I think the fact that it's called the portal <laughs> gives it a different allure. I can't tell you. I've mean, really never thought of that. I mean, that people way. have always texted me like, what's it like inside the portal? Is this like the Twilight Zone? But this is the gift that never stops giving. It's not in a good way. It's totally depressing, but it gives us something to talk about pretty much every single day. And uh, now here we are. On Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana. We've been talking about the transfer portal pretty much every day for three months straight. But it's been particularly going off ever since the end of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. So earlier today, the first real domino on the women's side fell. Desiree Hansen, who, if you follow Big Side Women's Basketball, hit the game-winning shot for Portland State in the or excuse me in the Big Sky Tournament Championship game to boost the Vikings into their first uh, NCAA tournament, I believe, ever. She then was an all-conference player last year, and she is into the portal. So that's 16 women into the portal, probably the two best. Tiana Johnson, who's a Kalispell native from Sacramento State, who's into the portal. Uh, early, she was right after the NCAA tournament, so we'll see, or excuse me, the Big Sky tournament, so we'll see where she lands, particularly with her Montana ties. I know her old man used to coach at Montana State, so we'll see if there, there's a tie there, but obviously Mike Petruno, who's the interim head coach for the Lady Grizz, he's also from Kalispell, so won't be surprised if Tiana Johnson makes her way back to Montana one way or the other. Desiree Hansen, another big, uh, another big domino, but on the men's side now, as of this morning, we have 40, count them, 40 entries since the end of the Big Sky Tournament. And now, in eight of those from Eastern Washington, and perhaps one of the most impactful ones, he's now found a new home. Kim Aiken Jr., who had offers from Oregon, USC, and others, has chosen Arizona. So Aiken was the Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Year this last year, a first-team All-League selection for Eastern, and now he's headed to the Pac-12. Wow. I mean, that, that one... That's a first big-time domino to a big-time program. I mean, Jacob Davison going to Cal Poly was a little bit shocking. And then you oh, see, I didn't see that yes, one. So, so Jacob Davison, the preseason MVP in the league, is heading to Cal Poly. Okay. And then we've seen that Michael Meadows and Tyler Robertson are following Shante Leggins to Portland. And then now Kim Aiken, uh, a big piece, obviously, to what they want to do. He, I think identity would be a good word to describe. He brought the identity of Eastern Washington basketball sure. um, to the, the toughness, the the mindset that they had this year. And it was interesting because Sean Miller for Arizona had an up-close-and-personal look. That was the first thing that I went to once we just found this out during the last segment talking to Tori Martell. They played in December, and Sean Miller got an up-close-and-personal look at Kim Aiken, but Aiken went one for eight shooting in that game. It's more his defense. And you asked me initially where, where will Aiken fit in, how much will he play, just by remembering their roster from the, when the Grizz went down there in late December, I would say Aiken could potentially be like a sixth man type, sixth man, seventh man type, and and good on him for taking that risk, kind of like a, a Holland Woods going from Portland State and being one of the premier players in the league, but then taking like a sixth man role at Arizona State. So it's interesting to me, and I see some parallels maybe from Kim Aiken uh, to a Holland Woods as well, but uh, I think it's safe to say that the old Eagles train is pretty much done. And the Groves brothers, once they announce, that would be what, the top six? Or top six, eight. Top eight. Pretty much, wow. yeah. I mean, they have eight total guys in the portal, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a disaster in Eastern Washington right now, to be sure. 
Another piece of Big Sky Conference news, Barrett Peary, four-year coach, yeah. fourth-year coach at Portland State. He's on his way to Texas Tech. Texas Tech obviously lost Chris Beard to Texas, and the new Texas Tech coach hired Barrett Peary. And so Portland State is now in the market for both a men's and women's head basketball coach. So that's a quite a situation to be in as the athletic director. How much do you think that the uh, situation that they were put into and being handcuffed, no practice time and everything, just... Oh, I think it's a huge... Deal. Right. How much did that play a part uh, of... Uh, the, the thing is, if you know coaches, you know coaches think and think and overthink and overthink, <laughs> and they try to think of solutions for everything. Sometimes right. they think themselves into a corner. And then if you add in the coaches that are super intense, like Jeff Choate, I, I mean, Jeff Choate would not be at Texas if, if Montana State would have played football in the fall. He'd be gearing up for his fifth season, sixth season at the helm. But you give Cho a year to sit around and think about all the things that aren't happening and all the things that he could be doing, and all of a sudden the wheels start turning and, and you're gone. And I think that I mean I think it's twofold at Portland State. I think that uh, I don't know their athletic department is going to reach a crossroads here because, as we know, the uh, the administration of Portland State said to the football program they better become sustainable by the end of Bruce Barnes. Fifth year of his contract when he signed that five year deal that is upon us. Aaron so, Best. Uh, no, I'm talking Portland State. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Excuse you were no, 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 no. going back and forth. Uh, Bruce Barnum of Portland State, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pivotal moment for Portland State yes. because they have this great basketball arena. Now they have basketball coaching openings. They, We talked about Gonzaga and the Raz of Gonzaga. In certain ways, Portland State would be better off if they dropped football. Or they need to figure out a way to make football more sustainable with having a real home in the city. Either way, they're at a crossroads right now. So now they have these openings for men's and women's basketball. We'll see where they pivot. We're going to talk a little bit more about this, but first, we have a sandwich here. It's from Taglieri Delicatessen here in Missoula. I was in there today talking to Matt and Max and the boys, and uh, they have their their new awards all framed. They were featured on the Food Network. They were featured in People Magazine. It's the best sandwiches in the state of Montana, and it's it's getting national recognition for it. So you need to go check out Taglieri. It's 1433 South Higgins Avenue in Missoula, right there on the roundabout between Higgins and Beckwith. Just right there in the little mall there. You can call them for takeout, 406-830-3049. 830-3049. You can order sartreuterie trays as well as all sorts of sandwiches. We have the Nirvana here today. The Nirvana is roast beef, turkey, tomatoes, onions, greens, and pancetta, along with gorgonzola cream cheese. So we can't wait to give this one a try on the upcoming break. Uh, but you can try to check the area deli today as well. Give us a call. I got a $25 gift card for you from Tagliari Delicatessen, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. Caller number three. Caller number three. We got a $25 gift card for you to Tagliari Deli here in Missoula. The best sandwiches in the city of Missoula or you'll find anywhere in the state of Montana. So give us a call so we can help you try the deliciousness at Tagliari today. Someone asked me today when we were talking about the the overlay between Eastern Washington and Portland State. So I'll ask you this question: Is it because I, I just flubbed and who, realized <laughs> who is in a who's in a, a bigger state of peril right now? Oh my As gosh. athletic departments. Oh wow, <laughs> that's a great question. I would say Eastern Washington. Honestly, I think, I think it's I think it's a no brainer. Yeah, because I think that Portland State has some pretty cut and dry decisions to make, and they either need to figure out a way to get back into the downtown stadium. They need to figure out how to way to re-embrace their football tradition because they do have a lot, particularly dating back to their D2 days. They've been competitive in football pretty often. I mean, Tim Walsh would have had a great run at Portland State. Yeah. I mean, they were a top three team in the Big State Conference. They only made the playoffs twice, but I mean, they were, that was when the Big State was basically a one-bid league, and that one bid went to Montana every year. But Portland State was always right there. And I mean, they were tough. They were good. 
And then, the, the, you know, the Jerry Glanville experience went awry. The Nigel Burton experience went awry. But then Barnum had the great run uh, his first year, 2015. And they've been down a little bit record-wise, but they've been competitive. I mean, they won in Missoula. They're, they're not a dumpster fire. They, they have no. the ability to win there for sure. Uh, and they have good tradition there. They just need to figure out a way to get out of that high school stadium out in Hillsboro. But either way, though, I think that even if it does reach a, uh end point with football, they could cut football and it could actually galvanize the rest of their athletic department. And then they could join maybe a different conference. They have a great arena. There's a whole bunch of different ways to pivot, whereas Eastern Washington is now staring this massive deficit in the face. But here's the irony of the whole thing. Eastern Washington has been significantly more successful than Portland State in sports in the last And that's 10. why I think some people would think it's a closer decision. But when you're talking about the future, absolutely. Well, here's this is the, this is the irony, the sickening irony of the whole thing. The fact is that Eastern Washington, all things considered, has probably had the most successful athletic department in the Big Sky Conference over the last 10 years. Collectively. Uh, collectively. Uh, it, it, they've at least put themselves in the conversation with the Montana schools, to be sure. The fact that the Lady Grizz have not been as competitive t- takes a hit away from what Montana's resume might, might be. The fact that the Bobcats have been a step higher than the Grizzlies, well, neither one has been on par with Eastern Washington football. And in men's basketball, it's been Montana. But Eastern Washington's probably been the number two, uh, probably parallel with Weber. But in the last five years, it's been Eastern more than Weber and on par with Montana. And so we're talking about the revenue sports. That's the sickening irony of it, though. Eastern Washington has been as successful as they've ever been in their history. They've been as successful as anybody in the league. And it has meant nothing for increased exposure and increased support. That's why they're at a crossroads. Portland State has all sorts of room where they could make cuts or decisions or whatever, and they could grow it and be better and more well-supported. And uh, who knows what happens if you have a winner in Portland, whereas Eastern, you're not going to get better than five semifinals in nine seasons and a national championship spliced in there in football, and yet their attendance has not risen one iota. They've had no donations to the football program. There are no facilities being built for Eastern Washington football. Nothing is nothing. So that's the argument that they have is, we're not going to ever be any better than we are, so why would we invest in something that's not yielding any dividend? That is absolutely the point that everyone needs to take home from this comparison. Absolutely. Eastern Washington, they've got their identity, the red field. They can't get any more support right now, which is kind of mind-blowing in a way, but also sad in another realm of it, too. And on the Portland State point of view, I've told you, and I'm going to make you do this next year, if you go to Viking Pavilion, that brand-new arena they just built, there are going to be coaches. They will get good coaches in there that that can build up their other programs. And you also got to come into effect the student enrollment at Portland State. If they want to mess with the student fees a little bit or, or allocate them in a different realm. Absolutely. It's the, it's the largest university in the, city, in the state of Oregon. It, that, that goes to show you right there. Portland State's only big decision is football, but there is a road to be successful for them on both decisions, whether they cut football, go to a different league, and really invest in basketball. Then the scenario we talked about yesterday with maybe the budding rise of a, a mini Gonzaga or something, then they could absolutely do that. And then football, they just need to find a home. Absolutely. The If they played downtown at Providence Park, that, w- that would be legit. But they just, they feel like, kind of like the forgotten child out there that out, out in Hillsboro, it's just... And Barney will talk about it. I'm sure we'll ask him about it next week as well. But uh, absolutely, I think the answer is Eastern Washington. And it's sad because of how successful they've been. I mean, let's be honest. We've talked about this extensively on this show. And we're 215 miles away from Cheney. Yeah. There's nobody within 50 miles of Cheney talking about it like we are. That's the problem. Right. Most of the people that care about Eastern Washington having football and basketball success 
or Montana, Montana State fans. Yeah, I've seen less and less coverage, even too, about Eastern Washington. It's just it's kind of dwindled down a little bit. It's it's tough because, especially from this perspective, right, Montana or Montana State. You never want to see anyone fail to the point where they might have to pull out because I think people appreciate the rivalry with Eastern Washington, but I think everybody is wondering, are you guys going to figure it out? What's the solution? Everyone has the problems brought to the table, and it's hard because especially here, 215 miles away or whatever it is, what is the solution? They can't get any more support. They can't win anymore. They just had the best run that they could from men's basketball and what's going to be the storyline. We talked about it. Enjoy it for a week because now... The story is, my goodness, that program is in shambles as far as who is still there. New coach, brand new roster. Women's basketball needs a brand new coach. A, a well thought of and respected uh, coach and Wendy Schuler's gone. Football is kind of on the brink where their game on Saturday against Idaho is much bigger than anyone wants to admit. Just as far as relevance and staying in the playoff picture, it is a huge game for Eastern this weekend to try and beat Idaho. Stay in the playoffs, keep football relevant, try and keep momentum going. Hour one of the books, Tag Leary Tuesday, another great one. We're going to eat this sandwich while we take a break. We'll be back. Justin Angle, a business angle, the overlay between business and sports. We're going to talk about a lot of different things uh, this week, but this is always an interesting conversation. So keep it right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television, back after this. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 